everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with Jon Stewart on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Michael Brooker. It is the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. 60-48, to 48, Virginia beats Carolina yet again in John Paul Jones Arena up in Charlottesville. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. Make sure you take a chance to visit them on the web. Uh, 20%, excuse me, 10% off if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. And you probably get 20% off too because they're always having sales on some of their great gear. Uh, the hot thing now is baseball gear and other sports apparel. They've got every team you could want. They've got every school you could want, journalism school, all that kind of stuff, and a lot of home game supplies. A lot of folks are staying inside. I'm staying inside here in North Carolina because it's rained for like a month. It seems like, and it's cold. So folks are inside watching ball games, hanging out. Visit Johnny T-shirt. Give me a business. Also, rate us, review us, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or however you consume your podcast. And also on YouTube, you get some good stuff. Mike, you know, I'm not sure that we'd be doing a different podcast no matter what. Um, Carolina just does not match up well against Virginia. Not of late, a seven straight by Virginia, but good gracious, man. I, I mean, it's almost like if you're going to drive to Charlottesville, at least like play, show up. And at times there, um, some players for North Carolina just look like they're going through the motions. Yeah, it was an incredibly frustrating effort. Obviously, every every time we've gone to Charlottesville in the last four or five, six years has been like going to the dentist. Um, but just uh, incredibly frustrating to watch. Uh, shot it extremely poorly. Uh, like you said, didn't seem to play hard. Several guys just kind of going through the motions. Um, Virginia, you know, we played good defense for 20 – 25 seconds and all of a sudden somebody's wide open at the top of the key for a three, somebody like a Huff or a Hauser guys that can shoot it. So uh, just, um, you know, two for 16 from three, just, just um, another frustrating outing in Charlottesville with a, with a Virginia team that obviously has our numbers, our number for the uh, for seven straight. Um, it just seems to have our number uh, where we can't do much of anything. They are very active on defense, and I've tweeted this, and I wanted to get your take because you've played a heck of a lot more and forgot more basketball than I've ever um, even known about. But, I mean, you're not going to beat Virginia dribbling the basketball unless you've got a guard that can totally exploit anybody they have on the court. You're not going to beat them dribbling the ball. You have to move the ball. You have to swing it. You have to know where you're going. And coaches always talk about in every level, know what you're doing with the ball when you get it or before you get it. And when Carolina did that for a couple times, they had a couple decent runs to get it back to single digits. They moved the ball with that sense of purpose. And, you know, we're thinking about the pass ahead and they had some success. And that's why Virginia 
um, gets beat even when they're really good. Um, and, and then, you know, for 90% of the game, Mike, it's just pass, dribble, dribble, look around, pass into the post late, look around, wait for the double team. You know they're coming behind you. Every time they're coming behind you, you, you can't just turn and go, um, you know, without a sense of purpose. That's my frustration watching this Carolina team against Virginia. It's like they've played the same way since Tony Bennett got there. At what point do you adjust? What do you think? Yeah, I just uh, – like you said, ball movement uh, is just too spotty, and we don't have um, – we have to use the energy of the ball to, to create offense. Um, everything just seemed a bit late with, with rotations. I mean, as far as ball – you know, swinging the ball and whatnot, getting into the post, like you said – um, recognizing the double, you know, they're going to come on the double on the post and just kind of just tardy with that. Uh, they are extremely active, uh, with hands and getting in lanes, cutting off penetration. And, um, you know, how many, I think I saw, um, on Twitter, 14 missed layup slash short shots down at the rim, just couldn't take advantage when we did get it down there or did get an offensive rebound and just, um, obviously cut it a couple of times to single digits and just, but you never felt like it was really, um, close, uh, even though it was nine points, they quickly would push it back out to 11 or 13 and just thwart any momentum we had. So, um, just like I said, overall, really frustrating that we couldn't get any type of rhythm offensively, uh, at all. As a coach, how do you deal with the, the fluctuation, let's say fluctuations in effort level. Cause I mean, everybody was engaged against Duke, terrible against Clemson, engaged against Duke, terrible against Virginia. As a coach, what does Roy Williams to do? It, you know, and I'm going to be frank, it's the upperclassmen the most. I mean, I don't give passes to the younger guys, but I do, um, I, I do think the upperclassmen certainly deserve some of the criticism they get. Um, without naming names, and folks listening to this certainly know who I'm talking about. I mean, at, at what point does Roy Williams snap for, you know, I keep waiting for it, and, you know, I'm surprised it hadn't happened. But, I mean, what is he to do in all this? Um, that's a great question. I know he, I know he's probably in the staff. You can tell by their body language on the sidelines. They're extremely frustrated uh, with stuff that's happening in regards to just, you know, just little things, just little things um, that just continue to happen over and over. And, you know, you sub out and you, you sit those guys and um, and then some of the young guys come in and, and show why they may not be playing as much at times. But then you put the uh, older guys back in and they do they do some of the same baffling stuff. So I don't know what he's to do. I think he's probably perplexed and just doesn't quite know what buttons to push at the moment because um you know as good as that time we looked against duke with the way we shot the ball i mean the last two road efforts have just been really uh disappointing from an effort perspective and, and just from an offensive perspective uh, and an energy perspective so let's look at uh, a a couple of the and carolina cut it to nine around the ten and a half minute mark of the second half um and then you sub out sharp you sub out kessler um, and you sub back in Brooke, Baycott and Brooks, and then Virginia stretches it back out a little bit and never looks back. Same thing happened in the first half, I believe. Let, let's try to find some positives. And I think Walker Kessler was a positive. He has struggled. I think he's going to be really good at some point in his UNC career. I think he could be similar to a Huff type player. And 
you know, folks want to bang on a guy like Huff, man, you take that guy all day, every day, especially as a senior, an upper class guy. I mean, he's a fantastic player in my mind. I don't, I think you win with people like him at high levels. Um, but what'd you see from Kessler tonight? For me, um, it's still the giraffe trying to get used to his body type thing, but it's the effort. I mean, he, nobody can say Walker Kessler doesn't play um, with max effort, even in his, what, 12 minutes tonight. Yeah, I liked him a lot tonight. He was active. He, you know, nine points, five rebounds on three out of five from the floor. Um, you know, um, just just energy, broad energy. And uh, I'd love to see him continue to get um, even more playing time, uh, especially when our other bigs aren't producing as they did tonight. You know, he has that dimension of being able to knock down shots, like you said, a la Huff. And uh, that's one thing I think that's a little frustrating is um, – Virginia had a lot of guys that just seemed very versatile, you know, fours and fives and threes that can step out and put it on the floor. And, and uh, that's just not our personnel. And against teams like Virginia, that challenge at the rim, that double in the post, it just kind of highlights the fact that, you know, the Leakies and the, you know, Kerwin is obviously a great shooter, but he doesn't really put it on the floor and make things happen. Um, so it just kind of highlights some of our deficiencies offensively in our personnel from the perimeter, especially, uh, and even our four spot, you know, but, but with Kessler out there, he obviously can knock down that jumper and can stretch it a little bit. So I do like to see him continue to get more time and hopefully continue to develop into a key contributor consistently. From a coaching standpoint, and I'm reaching here, obviously, because Carolina loses 60 to 48 against Virginia. And let's be frank, uh, there's not a whole lot to say about the game itself, but what is this North Carolina team missing other than a dynamic wing um, that would make all the, all the difference in the world? With the pieces that they have in your mind as a coach, as a former player, what, is, what specifically um, – give me two or three things that this team could, is missing and could fix – during season, as we move forward, um, you know, what I saw the ad for the ACC tournament starts March 3rd or the week, at least uh, championship week starts March 3rd. So two and a half weeks away. I, I don't mean, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, I don't know if there's anything we're missing other than a dynamic wing or a guy that can, cre- you know, a guy that can create a little bit on their own. We, we just have a, we have some limited pieces on the wings and, you know, Kerwin, when he shoots it, like we've always talked about here recently, we I feel like it's going in, but he's shooting like – I guess he shot seven times tonight, which is more than he did the other day against Duke when he hit four for four. But I just don't think we're potent enough from the wings. Um, you know, obviously, Caleb Love against Duke took up the slack and, and really came on strong, and, and we had some good wing play that night. As, but, but generally speaking, I don't think we're potent enough on the wings to make up when – love doesn't go off or, you know, uh, somebody else in the post doesn't go off for a huge night. Uh, Leakey just does not bring enough to the table offensively, I think, um, in general. Um, and so that's that's a, a big minus for us, in my opinion. Uh, he does a lot of good stuff, but, you know, offensively, uh, if you put a Cam Johnson, I know Cam Johnson is a All-American level player, but if you put a Cam Johnson or a, a Justin Jackson type wing on this team, I, I think they could do some really big things, but obviously we don't have that. And you can you can tell in the inconsistent efforts from the perimeter, especially. Well, look at uh, Leaky Black's line tonight. We talked about if he can give you eight, seven, and eight 
or eight, seven, and seven on a nightly basis. That's huge. Tonight, uh, zero, three, and one. No turn, uh, no turnovers. Good. No blocks, no steals, and that's just not going to get it done against Virginia. And look, I don't think Virginia is very good. I, I do I think they. Yeah. I thought, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I thought Virginia, a good Virginia team, last year's Virginia team would beat Carolina that Carolina team right there by 35, 40 points. And, and, and so let me go to that next level talking about the ACC. Yes. Carolina's down. Yes. Duke is down, but I don't think the ACC is good at all because I don't think this Virginia team is going to do much Florida state maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you seen the league in this kind of shape ever? Not not in my lifetime, at least. Not, not in a long, long time. I mean, like the, this Virginia team, like you said, they shot 19, you know, 19 for 48. So they shot 39%. I mean, it wasn't like they were playing. I mean, now granted, they did shoot 10 for 22 from three, which was huge for them. But, I mean, they're not a your typical um, Tony Bennett team with the Kyle guys and the Jeromes and the um, Brogdons and the guys that could really offensively hurt you. Um, they have some good players, some really good pieces, but this is not a vintage Virginia team. And, and they're running away with the ACC, I believe. Weren't they like 11-1 and one or something like that in the ACC? Not even close, really. And Florida State um, should have lost today. And so, I mean, even the non-vintage UVA team that struggles to score themselves at times is running away with the ACC. Carolina's a little bit down. Duke's down. Um, you know, Florida State, like you said, they're they're very solid, but you know, especially at home. But uh, it's definitely a, a down ACC uh, for sure. It's one of those. It's one of those years. If you're just decent, you could make a lot of noise. And Carolina's struggling with decent. They look good at certain times. Um, but I said on the Inside Carolina Live today, um, Saturday morning. If you're listening to this on Sunday. Uh, on WCHL that I thought the Duke win was a little bit of fool's gold because Duke doesn't play defense. They have no interest in playing defense, and they're just not good. And so Carolina's got their hands full. Uh, Virginia Tech game already canceled for Tuesday night. So I have a feeling Carolina may add a team, may add Miami in there if possible. But otherwise, Mike, going forward, I mean, is this an NCAA tournament team um, in your mind? They've, they've got to find a way to get – two or three or four more wins in this remaining schedule. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, if they can revert to the, you know, to, to being more efficient offensively and knocking down some shots, I, th- I think they can beat the Miamis and, you know, Virginia Tech would be a tough one. But I think they can string together three or four more wins, uh, especially playing at home. Um, obviously, some of our road efforts have been um, disconcerting and, uh, calls for concern, but um, I think they can string it together enough to squeeze in. I, I don't think they'll be a high seed. I mean, you're talking probably a nine, ten, eleven seed, but at this point, you're just fighting to get in. And I think they can. I think they can do enough to get in. Uh, I don't know how long they'll stay when they get there, <laughs> or if they get there, but um, I think they can squeeze in and uh, you know maybe win a game or two with the right matchup. But I, I think a Sweet Sixteen is probably the maxed out unless something changes. <laughs> Absolutely. Carolina falls to Virginia, 60 to 48, falls to 12 and seven, I believe. I'm not looking at the record. Um, It's just, you know, it's that kind of year, folks. The ACC is bad, um, but you can count on Virginia not giving up many points in Charlottesville. And Carolina, I believe that's the third straight or fourth straight year they've failed to score 50 
or more at Virginia. Just ugly, ugly basketball. Michael Brooker has joined me. Mike, appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Been listening to the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. Remember, uh, support our sponsor, Johnny T-Shirt, and rate us and review us. We'll We'll be back soon. Next time you hear my voice on the Beat Live podcast, Monday night. At 8 o'clock with Greg Barnes, Luke Buxton, and Gregory Hall. Join us then live. Get your questions in. We'll have some fun. Thanks, boys. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV, the CBS Sports app, and streaming on Paramount+.